You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to We Are Libertarians Daily. I am Hody Johns, and I am joined by the founders, members, leaders, and awesome folks over at the Enemy of the State Dank Pod Stash, Nick Irwin and David Ballantyne. Guys, how's it going? Going well, man. How are you? Super great. David, how are you doing? Going pretty excellent today, man. How about yourself? Oh, man. Super, super good. Just glad to have you guys on. Uh, for those of you guys who haven't heard, uh, I myself was on their podcast, which you should check out. Enemy of the State Dank Pod Stash. Uh, you'll find it on Google. Do you guys prefer them to what? go to SoundCloud or what do you use? Uh, anywhere podcasts are found and I'm looking at uh, Pandora and iHeartRadio and everything. We want to be everywhere. So you can find it pretty much everywhere. All right. Sounds good. But uh, now I hate to admit this on my own network. That might be one of the best podcasts I've ever done, uh, which stinks. But uh, go over there and check it out. We talked about <laughs> capitalism for a little bit, and uh, and it was fun to, to lend some of my knowledge there. Now, they're actually going to lend their, some of their knowledge here, and we're talking about uh, agorism today. And so uh, if you, one of you guys wants to handle it or both of you wants to handle it, give me a little bit of the history as far as what agorism is and what does it actually mean? Because I think for most of our audience, this is going to be the first time they've heard the term but I'm hoping we're not going to make it the last time. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully we can get some people interested. Um, I'll, I'll dive right in there. A basic definition of agorism is, is uh, agorism is revolutionary market anarchism and uh, the practice of counter economics as a means to end the state. And as far as market uh, anarchism, um, it's, it includes a few different branches of anarchism, but it's uh, advocates an economic system based on voluntary uh, interactions with no involvement from the state. And agorism is a term that was coined by Samuel Edward Conkin III, who wrote a few, quite a few books, a lot of stuff about it actually. So if you, if you really want to dive into it, definitely check out Conkin's works. Yeah, and that's a New Libertarian Manifesto and an Agorist Primer. And they're definitely, you know, they're not long reads, but it's got a lot of information in them. Cool. So, like, okay, so so one of the things about it is that I've always loved about ag agorism, and I know that it's uh, described as, like, a means to end the state, but it's also very, uh, it, it's, a, it's a wide tent, because when we talk about counter-economics, we're talking about of doing, uh, well, I don't want to be oversimplify it, but doing a lot of things that are illegal that should not be illegal uh, as far as the free market goes. Uh, th does that sound about accurate? Yeah, it's basically participating. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so, so now, now there's some stuff like people like myself, I think when we think of illegal things your average law-abiding citizen, uh, you think of like picking up a hooker or something like that. Now, that's not something that I'm necessarily wanting to do, regardless of what where the market is or not. 
as much as I'd love to tell my girlfriend, hey, I just picked her up because I'm taking one for the team. Like, I'm just trying to <laughs> follow the cause here, you know. But you Trust uh, me, babe, I'm ending the state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, she means nothing to me. It's just a means to end the state. Uh, <laughs> but one of the things that, that I think it is important to remember, uh, I cite this statistic often, but our own Department of Justice has come out to say that the average person commits uh, three felonies every single day. And that's not just breaking the law, that's felonies. As far as breaking the law, it's much more than that. And that's whether you know it or not. Most people do it in ignorance. I think the only difference between an agorist and an average person is that they know it's against the law and they just choose to do it anyway because the law is dumb. Uh, would, Would that sound, does that sound about right? Well, I think that uh, you it, have to. Yeah, and go ahead. Go ahead. Nick. Sorry, go ahead, David. <laughs> it's just. Well, like I was just going to say it's uh, it's with that saying. Yeah, right. It's with the the very app saying that uh, legality does not equate to morality. So, um, if it's a voluntary interaction, then you're free to do it. Yeah, and I would I would add in. I feel like uh, in order for it to be uh, agorism, you have to recognize the fact that you're doing it to subvert the state, not just I'm doing it because I want to like your, your exactly. goal is this hurts the state is one of the reasons I'm doing it. Not just because I want to do it. Right. So this is, I think a lot of it, uh, I, I guess that's a good point. It's, it's done with a purpose. I, some of it is just living your life anyway. I, I love to use the example of how it's illegal to carry fruit over state borders because it's a dumb law almost nobody knows but i guess it doesn't really damage the state when you do it it could be like a nice in your face as you smile while you're eating eating a banana and it says welcome to colorado you know you're just like ah Mm -hmm. but uh uh, that's more of just the personal level now there's some stuff that actually does damage the state specifically when we're talking about economics and the free market things that they would love to tax things that they love to regulate, things that they love to get a hold of that you just say, well, I'm not going to do that. So like, uh, I mean, I mean, even using haircutting as an example, you're supposed to have a license to do it. If you choose not to, then yeah, you're breaking the law, but you're also ripping off the state, I guess, as though the money was actually theirs at all to begin with. But by saying, I'm not going to license myself, I'm not going to pay you money for the license. I'm not going to give you the finance from any money that I collect by cutting hair. Now, it seems like a small act of rebellion, but in the long term and multiplied by a few thousand times, it's actually a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, one person doing that, you know, may not have a huge impact, but if everybody did that, it would definitely do something. There would be a, a noticeable change. So I myself, yeah. being a being a minarchist, and I know that there's a lot of lot of I, I have exploded in anarchist friends this last week. Uh, not only from being on your show, but doing the uh, debate with Larkin Rose, I've just made so many anarchist friends. It's been fantastic, and it's been great to get their point of view on everything. One of the things that drew me towards agorism is that it is. It, it, either it end, is goal to end the state, but either way, significantly declined the power of the state. And so I find that it's something that even if you're not a purist philosophically or saying, oh, we agree on 100% of these things, 
I, th- I find that agorism is one of those things that you can unite in, get a bunch of people on your side and say, well, okay, that guy's picking up prostitutes. That's fine. That's not my shtick. But I'm over here and I'm not going to report the uh, tax from my renters or, or something like that. And if all people that collected tax from their renters stopped reporting it, all of a sudden you'd, you'd notice a huge hit in the economy. Mm-hmm. And then that would significantly decrease the power of the state. Uh, as far as if it ends it or not, I mean, hey, I'll, I'll take that, you know, even as a minarchist, if that's what ends up happening. If it significantly declines it, I'm sure the anarchists would accept that as well, right? It's it's a part of the road there. So give me a few more examples uh, other than the ones that I listed of uh, like counter economics. How, how do we help decrease the power of the state? What are some of your best examples? If if this is something I would be interested in, what's something that I could do? Well, I uh, just want to make clear what David said, that doing it, uh, engaging in agorism as an act of peaceful revolution is the most important part because a lot of people do uh, find themselves in maybe not necessarily black market transactions, but gray market transactions. And just by finding yourself in those transactions does not mean you're participating in agorism. Um, but yeah, as far as counter economics, um, that in- encompasses uh, interactions on the black and gray market, like I said. So um, gray market, my favorite example of something like that is yard sales, rummage sales, whatever you call them in your area of the country. Um, you're supposed to claim all of your your income from your sale and have it taxed. And so if you don't do that, you're involved in the gray market. That's a good, you know, little example of, of a, of a very small thing that people can do, uh, you know, mm-hmm. coming together as a community and having like a farmer's market that doesn't follow the regulations of the state, et cetera. And it's just, you know, trading amongst yourselves, bartering amongst yourselves, buying and selling amongst yourselves, whatever. That's a good small thing. I love yard sales for that. Uh, in a lot of places, you have to have a, a permit to have a yard sale, which is ridiculous. The, mm-hmm. the state has to permit you to sell your own goods, your own possessions. They have to allow it. Uh, I really... Go ahead. I was just going to say, it's pretty much anything that you're not uh, paying the extortion fees of the state because that's taking a bite out of their income. Um Starting a black market business or a gray market business, any business that you're not paying taxes on is one thing. And um, it's, it's an interesting thing there is that that's not always illegal, I guess. Um, there's certain certain uh, small businesses and whatnot that uh, it might be illegal. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's hard to kind of get into some of the stuff because of the illegality of a lot of things. But I know that there's um, certain levels at which you don't, you're not required to pay taxes, certain things, but like you said, uh, everybody's a felon three times a day. So you gotta, you gotta look into that. Sure. Well, and, and when you're talking about, I, I, I still would stay with the point that you made that it doesn't necessarily have to mean legality. It's a matter of counter economics. So even if we're not necessarily breaking the law, which we are, I mean, a lot of these times, it's just things that we, it's economics systems that weaken the government, right? So even if my government says, well, that's technically legal or, or you're not in a state where you have to report 
such and such an income. If you get a job that makes it so that you don't have to give any of your money to the state, that still significantly weakens the state and would still classify right. it. Right. Is agorism? Yeah, I would say so. All right. So, uh, so, so what are, um, what are some ways to get more involved? Who are the people that like we would contact, keep in touch with if we wanted to say, well, this sounds like something that we wanted to do. What would, how would we go about it? As far as, uh, participating in agorism, like, well, that there's different people who have set up different things. Um, I, I think I mentioned to you before, Jessica Love of J Love Java has Community Market Day, which um, she wants to be an agorist marketplace, uh, things like that. So seek her out. But I think uh, more importantly than contacting other people um, is just to learn about agorism yourself by reading Conkins and other people's books um, on the subject and starting up your own projects in that way, uh, your own, you know, gray or black market businesses, meetings, um, mar- markets, anything like that uh, is more important because it's. A, I think it's a pretty decentralized uh, movement. The point of it is decentralization. That's the teeth of agorism is is uh, the the ability to move away from uh, institutions and things that the state has set up that they have a monopoly on, you know, like uh, security forces and such. If somebody was to set up some, uh, you know, uh, private security guard thing for the neighborhood, that would be, you know, and, and they don't go through the legal uh, process, that would be agorism. And it would be taking away from the, the state's, uh, you know, monopoly, monopoly on, on violence. Yeah, pretty much. It's just violence. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And I mean, um, that, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, um, yeah, starting your own business, um, starting your own endeavors is something that Konkin was big on. Entrepreneurship is big, and like David said too, that's that's another example I bring up is uh, what Detroit Threat Management Center, I believe, is the name. Um, they are just a community. Uh, like their name implies, Threat Management Center. They handle um, all kinds of different stuff, and you should definitely go check them out. And the thing that you know makes them not an agorist sort of uh, business is I believe they're still paying state licenses and taxes and all that kind of stuff. But you can break that down to, like David said, a, a community, neighborhood watch, anything like that, um, and just look out for each other in that way. And that way without the police being in your area, they're not able to extort people. That's a great step for sure. Yeah. So one of the, uh, in case this still sounds all scary to you, I really want to double down on what Nick said about uh, morality and legality being very different. We're not encouraging you to go against your moral code. This is something that, that, that this is, look, we want, in fact, we want to strictly go to, to say that you should be living by your moral code, whether it's legal or not, mm-hmm. because we want to display that people have the capability of living by pretty good morals, regardless of whether the government forces those morals on them or not. Um, now, you look at, first of all, the state's been very ineffective about enforcing good morals. Look, I'm not a drug guy myself. 
But the drug war has made drugs a lot worse and a lot more potent and a lot more deadly. And just by virtue of starting the drug war, we've gone from, you know, kind of this platonic casual doing drugs to like, you know, making stuff in our basements that kill people, that get us addicted for life, that make us go crazy to buying them from shady characters as opposed to reputable characters. You know, I, I just the drug war has gotten to be such a problem. So even as somebody who's against doing drugs like myself, uh, because the state's been involved, it's actually gotten a lot worse instead of gotten a lot better. So we're not encouraging you to, to go against your morals. What we are encouraging you to do is to, to live your life as much as you can and give as little of that as you can to somebody else. There's no reason that they should have the fruits of your labor. It's funny how we talk about like communism and we're saying, well, my neighbor shouldn't have the fruits of all my labor. But then when the government comes a knock and suddenly they suddenly our tune changes and we're like, well, they're entitled to a little bit of it. You know, I, I just some, you know, uh, right. I mean, taxation being theft and all. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, it's it's one of the most moral stances to have as it advocates for all interactions being voluntary between people, voluntary exchanges and um, a peaceful revolution through not engaging in activities that are violent, um, especially violent from the state. Um, you know, your taxes don't just go for maraudes, go towards maraudes. They go towards uh, bombing other people. Um, subjugating other people all kinds of horrible things so not giving the state the money to do that is a very moral stance there's something to be said that the state might do it without you anyway and i have um sure unfortunately because the the fed still creates all the currency they still distribute it at will you still get whatever they decide to let you have and so but but the issue is a moral one because we say, look, maybe they will still continue to do these things without my money, but at least they're not going they, they at least they're going to have to do it without me, which is still limiting in scope. Yeah, maybe they didn't need your money after all, but every person that buys into it helps um, validate the system. And so if you invalidate the system by not being a part of it, you know that 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 is helpful. Um, one of the, one of the things that I liked about, uh, some of Konkin's writings is kind of the relation with Martin Luther King Jr. And whereas you, it's very peaceful in, in terms of protest, not just because you're not paying taxes, but it's also encouraged that you don't, you know, we're not exercising violence against anybody else. We're trying to prove that we can have a peaceful state without the state. Uh, and mm -hmm. so that is, that's important. But one of the things that Martin Luther King Jr. emphasized that Konkin reemphasizes is to make the bad guys the bad guys and right. make them look like bad guys. And so the thing is, is part of this agorism thing isn't just shutting down, you know, most of the country doesn't feel bad for drug dealers and prostitutes, right? Most of them look at them and they're like, eh, those guys, whatever, you know, sure. they don't look at it as a matter of free will. But let's look at those guys who were, um, what, in Kansas, who were feeding all the homeless, and the police created a sting on multiple locations where they were going to feed the homeless with these leftovers. The police poured bleach all over it uh, and then arrested some of, the, some of the protesters because they tried to get around the state by feeding them these unauthorized, unlicensed, unpurchased foods. They tried to get around it by saying, oh, it's just a picnic for our friends. You know, as much as they could, 
but the state had to be the aggressor in stopping them. Now, this is something that it went, it went viral, shocked the nation, it made us angry, but that's the type of protest we're talking about, is that it makes the bad guys out to, sh- to show their true colors, because there's no good intent here. The good intent is the people being, you know, back in Martin Luther King Jr.'s days, when you're spraying little kids with fire hoses and sicking the dogs on on elderly grandmas just because they're black, that's sickening. And it makes the bad guys look sick, which is which is part of it, you know, because then we say, oh, I know who the bad guys are because I can see it in this picture. And I think agorism int- attempts to do that again when we see us trying to feed the homeless and the police stopping us from doing so. You can clearly see who the bad guys are when we just demonstrate that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, a lot of um, armed homeless, um, a lot of armed gatherings to feed the homeless have sprung from that situation. And that's a very important point too. Um, A goal of agorism is not only to starve the state, but to strengthen uh, non-state, you know, markets, entities, anything like that. Uh, Konkin spoke about private security firms and whatnot um, growing to a point where they would be able to repel uh, government agencies that were trying to enact violence on peaceful people and peaceful markets. And it doesn't just have to be private security firms or anything like that. You want to strengthen your community through these agorist interactions as well to be able to repel state agents when they do things like that. Um, It's not just a a lot of people like to say, Uh, It's just ignoring the state away, and it's not. It's starving the state and building strong communities and strong um, non-state actors. It's definitely not just ignoring the state. It's standing up to the state. I know you were thinking of in that, Nick, uh, probably the the feed the need thing that just happened where individuals who were armed came out, and they fed the homeless and provided the homeless with services they may need, and a lot of good came from that. And the state there stayed away even though it's illegal what they were doing because they were armed. They didn't want to have an armed conflict. They didn't want government police forces. You know, they didn't want those two sides clashing. So they stayed away because the people there were armed. You know, that's standing up against the state. That's not just ignoring it. That's saying, Hey, you're doing wrong by, you know, poisoning food and and stuff and, 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 keeping these people who want to help these other people from doing it. So we're here to let it happen. Exactly. That's that's awesome. So yeah, not just starving the state, but feeding the people. Yes. The communities. That's, that is probably the best point in all of this. It's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you guys on the show because I, I consider myself an agorist and I know most of them are anarchists and I'm not, but I've always been welcome within the community because of my goals, because of my principles, because of how I feel. Um, for those of you guys who haven't heard, We Are Libertarians did an awesome episode on uh, privatizing the police. That's actually when our uh, owner and founder got his tires stolen and the police did utterly nothing about it and were had no incentive to do anything about it, as well as no legal obligation to do anything about it, uh, versus, and we have multiple instances of these counties and um, what universities that use private police instead of public police, and they're incentivized to actually cut down on, like, you know, real victim crime, as opposed to, you know, handing out speeding tickets and hitting quotas. 
And uh, that that's, I know it's probably still some form of state, obviously, because they're being funded by the state, but it is a privatized uh, police force. And it's just, I, I think that the, the precedent is there for us to be better off without these government institutions that inflict violence on us. Um, the only reason I consider myself a minarchist as opposed to an anarchist is because I believe in systems of enforcing that peace, but I do not advocate for a system that, that begins aggression. Uh, and so that's probably why I've managed to make so many friends within the anarchist community. I know you two are my best like Facebook friends. And uh, I know we don't always see eye to eye on everything, but by and large, we've always had peaceful discussions and, and, and good friendships and, I, and pushed together some really good, I mean, it's about to be some really good content now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, so what messages, let, let's close with this here. I want to give you all your final thoughts, but just what message would you like to deliver to, uh, to our, our audience? Uh, David, I'll have you go first. Uh, do do what you feel is right, regardless of whatever legal things there are. If it's right, it's right. You know, you can't you can't make a right action into a wrong action through legislation, through scribbles on a piece of paper. So do what you feel is right, regardless of what the state says. All right. And uh, Nick, your final thoughts. Um, I just wanted to touch real quick on what you said about private police and reference Detroit Threat Management uh, Center one more time, because they're more of a community uh, peacekeeping entity than private police. Um, but without going too much further into that, check that out. Um, they are still for profit, for their own profit, but it's a, it's a bit different, and check that out. And as far as uh, closing words, um, yeah, morality and legality are two different things. And if you're going to engage in acts that the state uh, does not want you to engage in, the, the thing I find myself coming back to and telling people quite a bit is be prepared to defend yourself. Um, because a lot of people want to talk the talk and not walk the walk when it comes down to uh, getting looked at by the state. And that doesn't mean you have to do it uh, yourself. Like we said before, strengthening your community um, and being ready for that kind of thing, whether it's a legal battle, whatever it is, it's really important to work together. Yeah. I mean, I'll just reaffirm what both these guys said. It's, it's a dark time when the guys that are telling you to follow your moral conscience and do the right thing are outlaws. But those are the times, right? And and look, we've made some progress as far as human history goes, but we've also made some regressions as well. And this is probably one of the more unique times when we just say, you know, if people were to live voluntarily, just make deals with each other, um, by and large, most of those are required to have the state involved in it somehow. And they should not. And... And so robbing the state of that oversight and of that power, whether it's economic, political, however you go about it, I think it's just so important that we understand that, that they need to not be there. Because even if they're there minimally, that always gives the next generation the, 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 the power to grow that and for them to be there more substantially. 
you look at these transactions, especially in the farming industry, which used to be so open, and now it's like the most heavily regulated industry of all. It drives up all of our grocery prices. It makes all of our food less healthy. It takes from all of the taxpayer pockets. And it's just something that ha- has affects everybody on some level, whether it's a little or a lot. And and so it's it's just time for us to kind of unify as much as we can against that authoritarian style. Um, one of the things that I like about uh, Nick Irwin and David Ballantyne, you should follow each of them on Facebook um, and, and, and have, have some good conversations with them. You should listen to their podcast. One of the things that I like about them is they have multiple voices on their show that kind of fall under this tent of agorism. And whether it's some, somebody that they completely, you know, agree, disagree with or not, they understand the dangers and the problems that, that the state has caused. And so I'm just, uh, I'm grateful for them. I'm thankful for them for being on the show, but we're just uh, thrilled thrilled to be able to, to carry the name of agorism. I, I am a proud agorist on the show. I'm sure most of my other uh, co-hosts are as well, whether they know it or not yet. Um, but just glad that we could get the word out there and give them a voice. So Nick and David, thanks for coming on today, uh, putting out a good show. And uh, I will talk to you guys later. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, thank you.